You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt. Welcome back. As we try to lighten the mood a little bit today, although not entirely, as we cover Class Action Park. This was done in 2020. Mm-hmm. It's an hour and a half long. It's on HBO Max. It was directed by Seth Porges and Chris Charles Scott III. <laughs> it's very official. Yeah, it's pompous. <laughs> but anyway, this is one that we've watched before. Mm-hmm. As soon as it came out, I was excited to see it. Yeah, This documentary kind of just sums up being a kid in the 80s, honestly. Yeah, it's a nice little snapshot, right? And an encapsulation, if you will, Mm -hmm. of what it was like growing up when there wasn't a lot of parental oversight. Like, you were literally out of sight and out of mind. Right. So (laughs) this is like the first generation where you don't have a stay-at-home mom, because Mm -hmm. a lot of moms had gone back to work or gone to work because they weren't allowed to work before. Right. And both parents are working. And so this is the beginning of the latchkey kit, right? Mm -hmm. So in the summer, you would go out in the morning, ride your bike off somewhere and come home, I don't know, sometime at night. Who knows what? And the parents were like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Mine was always like by the time the streetlights come on. So depending on how early in the summer was, I mean, that could be nine o'clock, could be 930. You know (laughs) what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that was a rule at our house. But I also want to say, like, this is a time of year when everybody's going to parks. Like, this is water park Mm -hmm. and amusement park. Season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the other reason we were kind of like, it feels like it's time. Feels like a good time to remind us. And, Mm -hmm. like, nobody wore sunscreen. At this time, it was all baby Baby oil. oil. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting as tan and leathery as possible. (laughs) Right? Like, I remember thinking later, I guess in my 20s or about the time I had kids, like, sunscreen I mean, that's all you heard about. Mm-hmm. And I was that was funny, like, the dichotomy between those two things. Like, I literally was, like, a piece of meat in the oven. And then <laughs> I became very concerned about my skin. You know what I mean? So it was so, so funny. Right. Yeah, I was tan all summer. I lived at the pool. I did swim oh, team yeah. in the morning, dive mm-hmm. team in the morning, and then I swam all day, and I'd go home at some time at night. Right. And I was so tan. And now if you look at me, it looks like my skin hasn't seen the sun in 50 years. Like, it's amazing the difference. Yeah, you are translucent at this point. Practically, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. No no melanoma <laughs> here that I know of. Not yet. God willing, the creek don't rise. <laughs> but yeah, I always think about that at, at pool time because I remember my babysitter just slathering on baby oil and like some of the tanning lotion like that's what everybody mm-hmm. took with them you to the pool you didn't take sunscreen and I don't remember getting burnt to a crisp I mean it happened occasionally but I guess I just right. rocked that base hand so hard that <laughs> I was yeah nigh indestructible <laughs> yes yes yeah. practically radioactive right yeah you get burned maybe once at the beginning and then you just tan the rest of the time yeah but your teeth look so white after that <laughs> You just looked on fire. Oh, so good. And you put the sun in in your hair to get them natural highlights, quotey fingers, <laughs> or lemon juice or whatever the hell it was. My mom wouldn't let me. But Oh, yeah. sad face. 
Hey, I had, I did have natural highlights, so it was fine. Yeah. Didn't really matter. Yeah, well, you were in all that chlorine all the time. I'm sure that yeah. that helped. It was so. sometimes green. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys were enjoying this as much as we are. Jesus. <laughs> Dear listener. Uh, <laughs> a little slice of heaven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this documentary, they show, they have a lot of people who worked at the park when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. They have people who went to the park. It was fairly well known. Mm-hmm. And one person who was a patron of the park, if you will, had said the action park was the chaos summer park with very little oversight, too mm-hmm. much alcohol, whistles blowing, people screaming, motors running. It was just sensory overload, right? Yeah. And there were no rules. Like you could go there. It doesn't matter the age. You're running around on your own. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you can swim or not. Go ahead and jump into this 20 foot pool. Sweet. Right. It's right. crazy. It's crazy. And that's what the marketing was that there were no rules. Like they were encouraging mm-hmm. you to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the way you think of water parks now, like there's a lifeguard every five feet and at least a little bit more of illusion of safety, right? Like you're somewhat right. responsible for yourself, but also they're trying, given it the old college try that they're going to try to not let you drown. Right. So at this place though, it really was more of a, <laughs> I don't know, just more of a hint, more of a unspoken arrangement that you were really taking your life in your own hands so it's just really different Mm -hmm. it was it was run by teenagers essentially as a teenager I cannot imagine having that much responsibility I was yeah no right (laughs) there are no words and they're we're not talking like 18 we're talking like 14 14. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think if my kid dad was going to be 14 pretty soon fuck no no right well I like when they talk about you know if you work there two summers you could be head of security Right, you're in management at that point. (laughs) That seems like a quick scaling of the ladder, if you will, you know. Right. Mm. Okay, so let's go to the beginning. This all starts with Gene Mulvihill, right? And he's on Wall Street. It's the late 70s. Think Wolf of Mm -hmm. Wall Street. There's just money everywhere. Right. Someone described him as a mix of P.T. Barnum and Donald Trump, and that sounds like a horrible combination. Yeah, a lot of flash, no substance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But him and his friend Robert Brennan yep. were kind of like the penny stock kings. Like they would mm-hmm. sell these worthless stocks to people, right? And Right. They had a joint called Mayflower Securities. Yep. And so this was the one that really was reminiscent of Wolf of Wall Street because anytime someone made a sale, there was a bell that rang and like Jesus. champagne popping off everywhere. And it just sounds like, again, Annoying. I just want a quiet spot to do my goddamn job. Yeah. So, yeah. And that worked out swimmingly until Old Mayflower got in trouble with the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They got investigated and in trouble for selling mm-hmm. worthless stocks. Yes. Yeah. And Gene was kicked off of Wall Street, but not his partner. Robert Brennan wasn't. Let's keep that in mind. He's still a, <laughs> still flashy. A tycoon, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Gene decides he's going to buy up two ski resorts in Vernon, New Jersey. And this is just about, what, 45 miles outside of New York or something, New York City. Yeah. So it's great location. Evidently, this mm-hmm. town was Norman Rockwell-esque. It was the spot. Everybody mm-hmm. loved it there. Very picturesque. However, it was attracting more attention from, let's say, uh, Hugh Hefner, because he put a Playboy club there. Because right. everybody's thinking, like, this is going to be kind of the next Atlantic City, right? Like, there's going to be more casinos and stuff coming in because it's really well located. And it's just 
lovely. So there was some Mm -hmm. effort to kind of try to make it that way. And Gene being the, really, he was kind of brilliant, very entrepreneurial. And this is where he, he set up shop for the second time around. Right. And it started off as, okay, skiing. Great. That's great in the winter. But unfortunately, what do you do when there's no snow? I mean, first he Mm -hmm. built, to help that along, he built the largest snow machine in like the world using jet engines. Yeah, it's really quite interesting. Like I said, he could have been such a force for good. (laughs) He had a lot of energy and like chutzpah, if you will. Mm -hmm. But the problem was he didn't want to adhere to any kind of rules. Mm -hmm. He didn't want anyone telling him what to do. Right. Period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have all these summer months. What the fuck do you do, right? Well, you start building rides. He started Mm -hmm. building rides. Mm-hmm. He essentially built the first water park in the country, and some think the world, but I don't know. But no one knew what right. water parks were then. They weren't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. And so Action Park opened in 1978. Yeah. It was divided into three sections. You have Alpine Center, which essentially is just like one ride, right? That seems yeah. weird to have a whole section for that, but whatever. Well, it looked giant, so maybe that's why. Yeah, by square <laughs> footage, true. perhaps. Right. You have Water mm-hmm. World, which is the water park, and you have Motor World, which... As you know, go-karts and boats and shit like that. Yeah. And splitting the park right down the middle is a major highway. The walking, right? The walking that would have been involved, I think, is apparent. When you go to an amusement park, there's a point in the day where you're like, I feel fresh and I'm we're doing well. And then as mm-hmm. you've been out in the sun all day and you've been eating crappy food and you know, you just wear out quick. And mm-hmm. I think to myself, you have to get back to where your car is, is mm-hmm. a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I'm exhausted just thinking about it, but I'm old, too. Me, too. Back then, it would have been awesome. As a kid <laughs> driving up and seeing Cannonball Lube, I would have been like, fuck yeah! I would have been so excited. Again, I say to you, I am not that kind of daredevil. <laughs> I would be the one holding all the purses. <laughs> the gotcha. The ride. Someone's yeah. got to hold the purses and drink the beer for us. Look, it's a it's a very it's a noble job. It is. It's a calling, really. <laughs> so yeah, the cannonball loop. Let's talk about what this beast was. When you rolled up, this was kind of the first eye-catching thing. And kind of as mm-hmm. you mentioned, it's completely enclosed, so it's dark right there. Yes. I'm like, mm, mm, and mm, a mouth. Mm. Yep. Right, like black dark. Not like we can kind of get a little illumination there. Like, no, you're just Mm -mm. diving into a pit. You don't know. But there is a large inversion, like a big loop in it. And this wasn't designed by some kind of ride engineer. (laughs) Right. Gene just drew it on a napkin one day and he's like, yeah, yeah, you guys just uh, get to welding or whatever you do. And like, that's that's how we did it. Mm -hmm. Do you care to talk about how they tested things? Oh my God. So They have it built and they try it first with test dummies, which I appreciate because they came out at the other end with missing arms and legs, missing head. Right. You know, they were pretty beaten up. Right. So they're like, okay, well, maybe we'll change the height or the angle or the water pressure. Mm -hmm. We'll change stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they decided that they needed human people, human people, (laughs) as opposed to non-human people. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> they needed peeps to go down. And yeah. so they took some of the employees and they said, whoever's brave enough to go down, you get a hundred bucks. Now, this is a hundred bucks in 1980 money. That's a right. lot of money. Right. Especially for a kid, right? Exactly. And kids are daredevils. They're like, fuck yeah, we'll go. Right. No fear. Mm-mm. 
one guy said the loop was fun, but yeah, it hurt. <laughs> like you had to be the perfect weight and size, yeah. right? Yeah. Too big, you couldn't go. Too small, you couldn't go. And they all came out abraded. And that's the mm-hmm. best outcome. Some of them came out with busted mouths. Which is how the abrasions happened later because those teeth got stuck in the padding. Yes. And cut people as they went around the loop. Right. Fucking hell. Right. Mm-mm. So they said that they finally ended up closing it, but they did kind of get a figure that it was nine G's. Like that's the the force mm-hmm. that you're going mm-hmm. through that. And they're like, well, you could like take a ride on some kind of like big fancy Air Force type jet. jet. Or you could just mm-hmm. hitch a ride on this thing. That's what we're talking about. Mm-mm. No, thanks. Yeah, they had a trap door at the top, so people got stuck. Because if you're too small, like you said, right. you wouldn't get the... Momentum. Yes. Yes. Momentum, whatever it was, to go around. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you're too big, you might get stuck at the top of the loop. Right. And so they had a trap door. And I'm just practically having a panic attack thinking about it. Can't imagine getting stuck in that thing. Well, I wonder, too, you know that they weren't washing. Like, now they're pretty... When you go to a water park, somebody's paying attention to who goes in and who who comes out. I'm not 100% sure that that was happening in this case. So I'm like, did people get like jammed up in there? Just stuck (laughs) until someone goes down and doesn't move. And then they're like, well, "Well, we should probably fix this. Or like a bigger person comes and clears out the smaller person that's been (laughs) hanging out in there. I mean, like could be lots of different things, but it was not a smooth system. And again, the abrasions, like that's horrible. Yeah. But anyway, people went to do this to themselves. Love well, it. and someone said, you know, it was kind of a urban legend, right? And right. so when you roll up and you see that, you're like, if that's real, everything else might be real too. Yeah, yeah. Even into like rite of passage, right? Like you had to go mm-hmm. and do it and you had to go to Action Park and kind of experience all this junk if you were from this area. So, right. yeah, it was a big deal. We can move on to Cannonball Falls, which is <laughs> another enclosed slide. So water slide and evidently it was fine, but... At one point, you just rock it out into nothing. Just you're free falling 20 feet or something. And and again, right now, uh, we're kind of used to landing in these, like, it's like a pool, right? Mm -hmm. But these are spring-fed, like, catching basins for people. And it's, like, shockingly cold, like, ice cold. Right. Like, cold enough that you're disoriented. (laughs) And I'm like, Jesus, that would be horrible. So, yeah. Even though you've seen it going up to it, you don't really think about it until you're shooting out the end and you are not, you're just in the air, right? You're not in the water and you're just like, this is it, this is how I die, right? Mm -hmm. Terrifying. Yeah. So again, a lot of these times they're having to go in and fish people out because they're just dazed. And I've never been on a a situation Mm -hmm. where I'm like, well, I consider myself a good swimmer, but somebody's going to have to like fish me out with one of those hook things or whatever, <laughs> get me out of the it's way exact of the next big net. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, you're kind of getting the idea that these have been designed by Jean, but there are also some weird, like fringe ride designers that aren't employable at some of the other more reputable parks, like I think Disneyland or, mm-hmm. you know, some of those big things. I don't know when Kings Island and, Six and Flags. Um, yeah, those guys came around, but these people were too, radical you know for that like not killing people but they love gene <laughs> yeah they would just like hang out and like bust out of bushes or whatever and be like have i got a ride for you and so he would entertain them and sometimes they got built amazing right and sometimes they didn't work and one of my favorites of didn't work <laughs> is the man in the ball on the ball 
which if it had made it farther, do you think they would have changed that working title? I hope so. I mean, that's a lot yeah. to put on a sign. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> but it, it explains exactly what it is, right? So you have this, mm-hmm. this huge metal ball and you have a smaller metal ball inside and the person sits in that side of that ball. And this ball rolls on a PVC track right there. I'm out. Right. That track looked just sketchy as fuck. Rickety. It's, yes. It's generous mm-hmm. in this case. Was it like a gyroscope? Like you were always upright. Is that why the second ball was on there? I don't know. Cause they kind of explained it in a way that it sounded like it might have been. Yes. But I don't know. Okay. Don't in know. my mind, that's what we're going to go with because my motion sickness is kicking in as I think oh, about yeah. what it would be like mm-hmm. to just be rolling around on this thing stationary. I mean, like you're stationary in the seat or whatever. That's just a really gross feeling. So metal ball, extremely heavy PVC pipe, not so heavy. Mm-hmm. And also, not temperature, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it's not temperature controlled, but I don't think they had that in mind when they built it, right? So this is right. down a mountain, mm-hmm. because that's where all this shit was. If you think about a ski resort, you're probably going to have to have some good landscape, you know, topography, if you want to yeah. use a big fat word. I do. Yeah. But when they were building this, they weren't considering the fact that PVC expands when it mm-hmm. gets hot, and in mm-hmm. the summer, it is warm. Mm-hmm. And so on the initial test trial of this some poor man got in the ball in the ball and they let him loose and it shattered the track and he just rolled on down the hill over 94 which is the highway and into a swamp i hope he got really good like hazard pay i agree i hope that he just bought an island so he could live out the rest of his days in some kind of paradise right like how do you recover from that i don't know Oh, but there was a lot of counseling. I can't imagine you wouldn't have PTSD. So anyway, that was um, an example of what not to do. And it didn't work Mm -hmm. out. So they kind of scrapped that one. But what a great fucking story. The man (laughs) in the ball in the ball. It's a horrible name, though. You're right. Yeah. Note it doesn't say the woman in the ball in the ball because women are smarter. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. Indeed. One of the others that probably shouldn't have been made... So this was a water slide that had big hills. So you go down and then up and you kind of catch air and go down and up and catch air. And I guess one kid caught too much air and overshot the landing and didn't even hit the pool and just went into the grass. And uh, yeah, that didn't end well. I mean, he survived it, but he ended up in the hospital. And they said he was okay. One of the guys Mm -hmm. we talked to a lot in this is Ed Humans, Mm -hmm. which is, he's one of the engineers. So he worked closely with Gene, but he kind of had the inside track on how these things were constructed and some of that kind of stuff. So he was hip deep in all this, but Mm -hmm. that one was made in such a way that you would catch some air. Mm -hmm. And most people did fine on that. But the kid you're talking about for however he did it, got going faster than everybody else and ended in nigh tragedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They said he recovered fine, but again, this is one that didn't go out to the masses. Mm -hmm. Thankfully. Yeah. There was the super speed slides. Mm-hmm. which essentially is almost straight down. They had a canopy over the top of the very first portion because you would not be attached to the slide when you left mm-hmm. the platform. So this is a way to keep you <laughs> from flying off entirely, I guess. Right. So when you entered this ride, you had to go out on like a little platform or something and then 
released, you know, and you're, it's not like you start sitting and then you like go vertical. It's just, you start off vertical and you're not touching anything. Yeah, You're hanging from a bar. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing about this one, <laughs> there's a lot of water that shot up your butt, which mm-hmm. I'm like right there. I mean, like one time <laughs> you're like, maybe not the best. Yeah. People were constantly pulling their suits out of their rear and whatever else, but not comfortable. Mm-mm. The aqua scoot, which looks like the worst idea ever. It's a water slide, but it's like large hot dog rollers. And yeah. you put a plastic sled on it and you go down. And one guy, I didn't get anyone's name because I'm the worst, but one guy summed that up. He's like, dude, you catch a toe, you catch something in that, it's gone. That's the worst <laughs> ride ever. His name was Chris Gethard. Okay. Okay. It's spelled get hard, but I'm like, surely that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Poor guy a guy going to school. Right? <laughs> right. I'm telling you, the people they got to discuss this are all hilarious. But he mm-hmm. especially cracked me up because of some of the descriptions. The yeah. Oh my god, he's so funny. He also talks about there's a section in the documentary where they talk about, you know, you have to walk to these different rides. And experience teaches you that if you don't bring some kind of sandals or whatever. They constructed it so that there was asphalt, and it's rough, and it's hot. Black, yes. Yeah, and so it retains all that heat, and it's just tearing the shit out of your feet. So they had a name for that. They called it Chop Meat Feet. Ugh. And I'm just like, oh. that sounds horrible. And then you have to get in these pools, and there's, oh, it's just a nightmare. But they were like, yeah, people would be limping around, and like their feet would be all horrible and chewed up. And I'm just like, yikes. Do you think they just handed out antibiotics with the tickets? I mean, that's a great question because, you know, you think about when you go to college and they're like, if they're the dorm room showers, you have to wear shower shoes or you get planter warts, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, is this that different? I mean, maybe it was hot enough that it killed everything, including all of your skin. But uh, it just doesn't make me feel like there was a lot of, I don't know. Thought going into it? Yeah, just a lot of... um, there's a word I'm looking for and I can't come up with it either. Hygiene, like a lot of hygiene stuff yeah. in consideration for this. Ew, ew. Well, and keep in mind that, like you said, these are spring fed pools. They're not chlorinated. There's fish right. in these, snakes in these, you name it. I mean, I think the, probably the only one that was chlorinated was maybe the wave pool, but right. most of them are just, it's what you get out the ground, yo. Right. Well, it might've been chlorinated, but they talk about, it wasn't good. We can get to that later, but mm. Tarzan swing. This is one I would have kind of liked to see. Like, this sounded awesome, and yet, like, I wouldn't have gone on it, because I would have been one of the people who, like, misjudged my ability to swing out on something and support my own body weight without just, like, immediately tumbling off into the water. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, so you hold on to this rope, and you're supposed to swing out and then Mm -hmm. release. Right. There are a couple problems, obviously. One of them is a lot of people don't understand that it is hard to hold your body weight sometimes, they would just slide right off. Right. Others were the fact that, again, it's very cold when you hit that water and it's almost mm-hmm. a shock to the yeah. system. Yeah. They also had a, an observation deck and people would just line up and hang out and watch other people. And this is New Jersey, you guys. New Jersey in the 80s. So imagine <laughs> all of these kids just being like, you fucking pussy, fucking do it. And... Yep, that's exactly the motivation I need to do something. Well, that's Ugh. what Chris is saying. Those are the comments you got on the classy days. Not like the worst <laughs> right. of it. <laughs> right. Just. 
so there was that. And then, you know, they have a lot of rules. Like when you let go of things, you're supposed to cross your arms and go up feet first. And, but there were your daredevil kids that were like mooning people and doing flips and, you know, all this kind of horseplay and nonsense. Yeah. That I can say at 40. <laughs> Shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. It's hooligans in there. <laughs> ball grabbing or whatever you know like <laughs> yeah I'm guessing the girls probably weren't mooning anybody right they're just happy if their top stays on when they go down so yeah so I had observation deck for hecklers yeah just imagine a very vulgar version of the peanut gallery from the Muppets <laughs> yes you know yeah absolutely and just remember that this is run by kids right so they said that you would turn 14, you get your working permit, and then you just go get a job at Action Park at 14. Mm-hmm. And in New Jersey, you weren't supposed to run the rides until 16, which, I mean, come on now, is there really that much of a difference? Yeah. But, I mean, maybe you can drive at that time. And so there's some thought that you might be able to run a ride full of other people, but they weren't really mm-hmm. concerned about those kinds of things. Mm-mm. So they talk about everybody gets a job there. Everybody's super young. They're hazing new employees. They're like wrapping them up and stuff and throwing them in the water and just letting them hang out there, strapping them to the backboards and shit like that and just leaving them in the pool. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how somebody didn't just die from that. Oh, they might have and just not get reported. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't cover that specifically in here, but they paint Mm. quite a rich tapestry for us to understand what it was like to work there. And it's so funny to listen to the people that work there because they talk about all these horrible stories but they're like smiling and laughing and stuff so it's like right you know once you get some distance from it they're like it was fucking crazy but actually to be there sounded like it was also fucking crazy so right i don't know <laughs> right you know right all the employees would complain about working there but they'd always come back the next year so yeah. it couldn't have been the worst but you know as kids you essentially could do whatever you want right mm-hmm They talk about all the parties they had and like there was a shack at the top of one of the rides where people would smoke pot and have sex. Mm -hmm. Alpine slide, I think like that. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about an end of the year party. So that all the money they collected from like the pools Mm -hmm. and what that had fallen out of people's pockets. Yeah. They would save up and then they would have a big employee party at the end of the year called come on, I want to lay a party. That's witty. I'll give it to you. Oh yeah. (laughs) Eighties naming to the best and highest of qualities. Mm-hmm. It's a very Wayne's World type of name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very Wayne's World type of name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the other reason why everybody came back because it sucked, but there seemed to have been some benefits. So everybody was getting high. They were drinking. They were banging each other like everywhere. You know, they were talking about, surely there's some kid that was conceived at this time, you know. <laughs> right, so, surely. Mm-hmm. I just, every time I think about this, I think about, letting my kids work there and there's no fucking way it's such a different world now yeah because now you know what it was to grow up like that and like you know it really was just statistics that kept you from killing yourself on accident (laughs) you know what I mean like so you know they talk about the shack and it's nasty I think that's really the biggest thing we didn't really hit on but some people were like I don't know how they did anything in there because it was wasn't air conditioned it was hot. It was smelly. And I'm like, like gym locker room. Ugh. And you're like, I, I really don't know how you're supposed to get in the mood. I mean, teenage hormones must be the only reason that, that was possible. <laughs> Jesus. So Mm-mm. they also mentioned a little bit about 
obviously you have a water park. People are going to want to eat stuff. But they had some really questionable practices in the kitchen. So think about hot dog buns and they would be all gross and like hard. But they had this little ingenious thing where they would put a colander or something over a boiling pot of water and they'd put the old gross hot dog buns on there wrapped in a towel so they'd kind of rehydrate them. And people are like, how we didn't end up killing somebody from this nonsense is really one for the ages. But that's I mean, again, that's that was a practice that was approved of. <laughs> so, you know, I think like, what a nice glimpse into what we're dealing with here. Yeah. And honestly, right, they're led by someone who's essentially a a big kid himself. Right, right, yeah. Right? They mm-hmm. talk about, um, one of them talks about how he had gone into Gene's office. They called him Uncle Gene, which creeps me the fuck out, but whatever. Yeah, Call that's not a great want. connotation. Yeah. Mm-mm. But he had told this guy, who was a kid at the time, he's like, look, look at this cattle prod. Well, first he faked being, electrocuting himself with a cattle prod, right. which is such a Hilarious. Thing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so this kid's freaking out, and he's like, never mind, it's fake, don't worry about it. But he's like, this is what we need to do, because apparently... Some people would jump on the lift without having purchased a lift ticket, mm-hmm. right? We can't have that. Oh, my God. Right. So what he wanted to do was to get a patsy, essentially, mm-hmm. to come in and try to jump on without a ticket. And they would pretend to electrocute this person and then have them carried off. Mm-hmm. And so other people would see it and then not want to jump on without a ticket. Right. Be discouraged from kind of skirting the system there. It's a public execution, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this kid is not witness to when it actually happens, but he gets like kind of secondhand notification because there are a ton of parents that are calling the park and complaining because it scared their children so badly to see somebody like seriously right. injured. I mean, even though they in this case died. it was just in yeah. jest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people were really, really scared. And I mean, I hope Gina doesn't specifically say this, but, you know, did he learn something from it? I'm not really sure. Probably not. Doubtful. Yeah. But I mean, that's the level you're talking about. Like, not really thinking mm-hmm. about the consequences of his actions in the short term. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. Right. And, you know, all these injuries are happening. At one point in time, they said there's no way to know exactly how many injuries, right? Because he only had to report the Cody Finger serious yeah. ones. And so that's kind of up to his discretion. Right. So if someone didn't get taken to the hospital, it's not considered serious in theory, right? Yes. And as you can imagine, running a park like this, you're required to have insurance. Yep. But he didn't fucking want insurance. Don't tell me I have to have insurance. You can't tell me what to do. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So he created a fake insurance company offshore called London and World Assurance. Yeah. So if you sued, you really weren't getting anything because this is a big company and they can take their time and tying you up in legal stuff forever Mm -hmm. and even if he did manage to win he just wouldn't pay you yeah oftentimes wouldn't even pay right right and his he would never settle it was very much a take him to court right and wear him down essentially yeah and most day-to-day folks right if you're not a corporation or you don't have business acumen let's say you're not able to fight the big guys i mean that's Mm -mm. pretty standard unfortunately it's just difficult to fight corporations in court right so He's also using this to launder money, mm-hmm. but he does get caught eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got better notes on that than I do, but it's just like he kind of gets in trouble with the state because he's renting some of the land and he just quits paying the state of New Jersey. And finally, they just give up and sell him the land. 
because he's just basically a giant pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. And so he is able to buy the land that his park sits on, or at least part of it, for a real bargain. Right. I mean, and technically he's still under state law in that. Yes. But he has some fewer restrictions at that point once he owns the land. Yeah. 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 And they say the park really started to take off when he started running TV ads. Right. So I'm wondering, I don't know at what point in the action park world and career Mm -hmm. that happened, but those ads were a spectacle to behold. They, I mean, the hair was amazing. (laughs) The graphics were amazing. It's Mm -hmm. all of the eighties things. It's like a lot of neon and, Oh, it's so good. So good and terrible. Really high cut bathing suits. (laughs) I don't know why that was the thing to make your legs look longer, I guess, but really in the end, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. It's just an Mm. odd. Yeah. It's good times. I'm telling you these TV spots and the kids were like, yeah, I've had a great time. And it's just so (laughs) hammy. And I loved it. And it was mostly like the teenage employees Mm -hmm. that they filmed doing it. Right. So I think it was Jean's daughter who filmed it and it was the employee's being like, it was the best time ever, you know, type of thing. Yeah. It was crazy. They do talk about more of the rides. One of them talked about how, because we had discussed that you could be like six years old and jump into a 20-foot pond. Mm-hmm. So they have wrist bracelets on some people that said CFS, which means can't fucking swim. Yeah. And usually they said they would give that to people if they've already been fished out one time. Right. And... How is it that you're not terrified at that point of going back into the water? But kids are just fearless, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they just don't, they don't think about the consequences again. So they're in the perfect mm-hmm. place. <laughs> but Like this part can magically make them swim. Yeah. Even though they don't know how. Yeah. So I think the one you were talking about where you're jumping off the cliff, like Clifty Falls, but that's not the right name. It's something close to that. But there's no real rules about like one person jumps and then they swim away. So they've cleared the area for the next person to land. That wasn't happening. There were just people jumping all over people because the people at the bottom forgot where they came from, I guess. Like they're just like fucking around and doing the backstroke in this pool area. It's just insanity. These Jersey kids are different kids. I don't know anybody off the top of my head from New Jersey. They just seem like very different, but that surely can't be correct. I used to work with a girl that was from New Jersey, and I was actually kind of shocked to find out she was from Jersey when I first met her and found out because her hair wasn't nearly large enough to really be from New Jersey. Right. But she still had the attitude, and I appreciate that. I love working with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's got to be different from Jersey Shore. Like, that's probably the... <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Dear God. <laughs> right. Oh, I had to get a bad rap. So... We have the water rides and all... The... All the water rides are kind of the death traps, right? That's kind of what it comes down to. They're just different Mm -hmm. versions of death traps, right? I do like the fact, though, that some of them have, like, there are multiple riders in a tube. Mm Kind of like... A lazy river, but with rapids? Yeah. Yeah. um, Designed to, like, one of them was designed to have class four rapids, and it was too dangerous. (laughs) So they had to back her on back a little bit to something more rational. But the best thing about that is where they had all the fights. I think that's right. notable. Just people like jam up together and like people got pissed off because the ride design was shitty and that puts you in a bad situation. And then they were all just like, I don't know. Fisticuffs. Booze in hand. Yeah. And they hmm. just went after each other. So if I had one thing I could have seen, that might have been it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just screams testosterone. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. I 100% agree. <laughs> 
and like you said, there was drinking, right? There's a lot of drinking. Now, I don't know what the drinking age was when this first started. It was 18 in mm-hmm. a lot of places. I'm not sure about it. Okay. But you have a big fest tent, which was impressive. So they talk about how you would go to the water slides during the day. And then about four or mm-hmm. five o'clock, you'd head on over to this tent, which served alcohol. And a Essentially, anything you could add fest to, they did. They did like a Polish fest and an Irish fest and a summer a fest. And a, fest. Yeah, October yeah. fest. And there were mm-hmm. lederhosen's and everything. That I would love to see. Yeah. So there's a lot of drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, very little oversight. So I'm pretty sure they weren't checking IDs for this shit. Yeah, that's the connotation they certainly give off. I think it's interesting, too, because he had a German uh, gene, Uncle Gene. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Had a German brewery dismantled and shipped overseas so he could reassemble it in the tent. So it it kind of makes me think it must not have been shitty beer. Like, I'm sure there's gross German beer, but it kind of gives you to think like he cared about some of the details, right? Like they had a baker, like a German baker, and they had, I don't know, just a lot of good stuff going on there, quotey fingers. And also some of these people were adults. Now, part of the documentary mm-hmm. they talk about, there were, you know, there was just a free-for-all and there were all children. There was no oversight, no adults, but there were obviously some adults that mm-hmm. came with their childrens. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who else is going to keep the tent going? Listen, they were hulking <laughs> the night away. It's amazing. Yeah. Eating a lot of schnitzel. <laughs> that much schnitzel. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so they would go and they would drink and then they would head on over to Motor World, which sounds like a great combination to add alcohol and then fast things like yeah. engines. Mm-hmm. They had like go-karts, which the employees had overridden the speed governor. So they went up to like 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. They said sometimes the people wouldn't stay on the track. They would take these go-karts and just, because they didn't have bumpers like most go-karts you see or tracks you see now have like tires alongside. You can't take the carts off. Yeah, like they've lived and learned from once many people just going <laughs> off the track. Do you think like they had a first day like for the next generation of amusement parks and it was just nothing but black and white footage of what could go wrong <laughs> if you didn't put these kind of environmental controls into place? It was just like, don't let this happen to you. And yes. Okay. Hopefully it was like an after school special. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> they say one story is that somebody had one of the go-karts off the track and they were chasing one of the employees around with it. And the employee was like trying to turn tighter circles than the go-kart could turn so they wouldn't get run over. <laughs> and that was real. And they're laughing with that poor kid. Probably wasn't laughing when it fucking happened, right? They're probably right? terrified. Yes. Jesus. They had speedboats. Think Miami Vice. Is what they said, and that made Mm -hmm. me laugh. All I could think of was pastel suits, but just a lot of windblown hair. Yeah. (laughs) They said the pond was murky from leak gas and oil and infested with snakes. And those boats often overturned, and now you're just swimming with the snakes in the snake water. Yeah. (laughs) One of the former employees, she was a lifeguard there. And essentially, they said if you're a lifeguard there, you were being punished. So, yeah. That's she was being punished. Mm-hmm. Faith Anderson's what I've got for her. Yeah, and she discussed how, you know, they had this group and they had done their three laps. They put up the flag to slow down. They mm-hmm. were coming to the dock. And so one person comes to the dock and stops. And another person's coming up and is not slowing down. And they literally drove the boat up on top of the first boat 
and stopped. And like their hand was still on the throttle. So the engine's still going. She thought the poor cat underneath had been decapitated at this point, but he had not, thankfully. Right. So the propeller is still spinning and that's sharp and horrible. And that's what cuts up all the manatees, which always makes me very sad. But that could also cut up a human being when that's on top of you. So Yeah. yeah, she was like yelling and screaming and hitting the boat to try to get this asshole to take their, you know, shit off off the the throttle throttle. yeah (laughs) it's just like the guy hops out and just and walks away away. (laughs) like yeah nothing happened yeah not a big deal no mbd (laughs) yo they had one of my favorite rides of this entire park was battle action tanks these were like homemade tanks that would shoot tennis (laughs) Tennis balls but that occasionally (laughs) like soak the tennis balls in in gas instead of on fire we're shooting flaming tennis balls at people that's fucking funny i'm sorry (laughs) yeah that's some shit you would see in an 80s movie like you're like who comes up with this not realistic situation guess what it really happened Mm -hmm. and again this might be the other thing i really would like to have seen yes these tanks sound kind of badass so they do they do Mm -hmm. and then we get to the alpine slide So this one ride had its own section, as we discussed. It looks Mm -hmm. very large, right? It starts at the top of a hill. So you have to take a lift to get up to it, ski Mm -hmm. lift. And of course, because people are assholes and teens and kids are assholes, sometimes they would, you know, they'd have their like sled cart Mm -hmm. that they were going to take down. And as they're riding up, they would just push it off and try to hit people riding on the ride. Who fucking does that? Come on now. I liked the one of the people that had been a former guest was talking about this is the place where all the bad decision makers get together. So mm-hmm. these are the teens at your pool party like let's jump off the roof, you know, and these mm-hmm. are all the kids that end up at this joint. And so they are the ones who are trying to maim their fellow man at any right any given opportunity. Hilarious to them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was by far the most dangerous, they said, due to the amount of injuries mm-hmm. reported. Everyone pretty much had road rash, skin just being peeled off. Right. They had pictures of previous injuries at the top of the slide, essentially to warn you, this isn't safe. All right. Yeah. Probably shouldn't do it, but let's go. Gird your loins, everyone. You're about <laughs> to be pounds lighter from loss of skin. Yes. Yeah. So... It's like this little poured basin, like concrete, that goes down the hill. And, of course, it meanders and it winds and stuff like that. Like a luge, maybe, except Mm -hmm. shallower. And then you sit on these tiny carts that offer you no protection. There's a little bit of ability to steer, but mostly you're steering by leaning. Mm -hmm. There is a brake and a stick. And the stick helps to do some steering. But, again, it's... It's a trial by error situation because if you don't know exactly when to brake and you don't know exactly where to steer, you're just going to get launched mm-hmm. and yeah. just friction burn city. Yeah. And they said the brakes rarely worked, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what the stick was for. You'd pull up to brake and let down. Oh, and let okay. Go. okay. Okay. And they rarely worked. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes it's just a free for all, like balls <sighs> to the wall. Let's go. Right. It's a cement track. Right. You're in swimsuits. In a bathing suit. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Just all skin. All skin. Yeah. Well, until they get to the bottom, I guess. <laughs> it's significantly less skin. <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome. So pretty much everyone who went had scars. Like they would, they could tell the next day at school or when you went back to school, mm-hmm. oh, you went down the Alpine slide, yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knew. And I guess, you know, you would get these 
rashes, and then you'd go to the infirmary where they didn't have a nurse. They had another teenager who just had a spray of like iodine and alcohol. And we all know how much alcohol is just the loveliest feeling in the world on an open wound. Right. If you could just pour some salt in there while you're at it, that'd be great. (laughs) Some acid on there. They talk about having a circle drawn on the ground and they would put you in the circle and spray your open wounds with this spray. Yeah. And if you could stay in the circle, you got a prize. Now, out of the many years, he said only two people managed to stay in the circle because it was so painful. They're lucky they didn't get punched in the face, spraying the shit on people, honestly. Well, it made me laugh, too, because they gave the example of some, like, bodybuilder type dude mm-hmm. and he couldn't even hack it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not impressed by it. They're not known for pain tolerance. (laughs) If you said a woman who had like C-section scars got in there and couldn't take it, that's another story. You know, (laughs) it's fine. Like nothing. Um, That's what I would be like. Yeah. That broad's been through a thing or two. Mm -hmm. Listen, after I have that tattoo on my foot, you bring me someone with a tattoo on the foot. They'll stay in that fucking circle. Not even blinking an eye. Yeah. Mm -mm. They said two people stayed in the circle. And what, what was their prize for staying in the circle, Erin? Some like stupid pen or something like that trinket, something, something. Action Park pen. Right? What the fuck are you going to do with that? How are, right. are you even going to carry it out? You're in a bathing suit for fuck's sake. Right. So, Dumb. Yeah. They also mentioned at this point that, here's what I wrote in my notes. Fucking Reagan. Better when there's no regulations. So this is sort of the time when everything's being deregulated. Again, damn the consequences downstream as we have learned since. We don't want that government involved. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah. So also, that's this is the point where I wrote that Gene knew Trump, but Trump wasn't a fan. He said, look, you're a little too out there for me, Gene. And I was like, boy, that says something. That speaks volumes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Also, because of all the injuries, because of deregulation and whatnot, mm-hmm. they had to start providing their own ambulance service, right? Yeah. The town of Vernon was like, listen every single one of our resources is being sent to that part. Yeah, all the calls. Yeah, God forbid anybody else have a heart attack. There'd be no one available. (laughs) Right. Everybody worked at the park anyway, so it was fine. Everybody in (laughs) the town was there. Essentially. So yeah, they had to get their own ambulance service. How qualified do we think those EMTs were? I mean, that's one of those jobs that I think they need to be well paid. You know what I mean? I I want my EMT. I don't either. But yeah, I think it sounds like probably the interview was like, you know, it's just regular baby stuff and like no big deal. Mm -hmm. And then you get these runs where it's very serious. So, yeah, I'm assuming the only qualification is, are you squeamish? Nope. All right. You're hired. (laughs) Do you have a driver's license? How do you feel about our iodine and alcohol wonder (laughs) healer? Yeah. Yeah. Our snake oil. Yeah. They also discussed that he, Gene, was clearly in with the regulators, right? So all of these injuries Mm -hmm. and all these incidents, and he never got any citations, Mm -hmm. rarely anything ever happened, right? So he wasn't necessarily paying them off, but they were friendly enough or they thought they could get something from him or whatnot that they kind of just let it slide. Everything just Mm -hmm. slid right past. Right. There really weren't any consequences for looking the other way. Like this was sort of an expectation Everybody was doing this, which these are all sentences that don't end well. <laughs> You're like, it's fine until it's not. Uh, right, hopefully that's right. not on your watch. But yeah, they talk about, again, the suits. Like, if you tried to sue, 
you're not going to get anything out of that because, you know, you don't have any backing. There's no reporting of anything. It's just really difficult to get any kind of payment out of Gene at all. So mm-hmm. it's just a bad system overall. Right. Certainly in Gene's favor. And he kind of thought, you know, if you come in here, that's on you. And I'm like, seems rough. At your own risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, legitimately at your own risk. They start to discuss how people, they, they had some deaths, right? During the kayak experience, a rider got electrocuted. Uh, they guess they had fans underwater that mm-hmm. would push the water along and yep. he fell out. It wasn't grounded because not grounding electricity near water in a water park sounds like the best idea ever. <laughs> they had two deaths in the wave pool. And they talk about the wave pool. I think we've all been in a wave pool, right? But they talk about it was just shoulder to shoulder human beings. The yes. water was murky because of, you know, runoff from the hills and mm-hmm. suntan lotion and gore from the wounds. <laughs> yeah, that, all that iodine and alcohol in there. Human waste. That's what <sighs> you were in. Yeah. And you know, you know, you got a mouthful of that shit. Oh, God. Mm. And they say that the guards there, like the lifeguards there, like they couldn't relax for a minute. They would mm-hmm. put new guards there. And in the first 30 minutes, they would have pulled four or five people out. Right. And that's craziness. Yes. And they could not see to the bottom. Mm-hmm. They couldn't see to the bottom half the time because mm-hmm. of, you know, the amount of people and then also the murkiness of the water. And mm-hmm. that's terrifying. And also the waves were huge. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's no buoyancy. Like you get with salt water in an ocean, right. you have some buoyancy right. to ride the wave and not in fresh water. Nope. And I like how our friend Chris said, with two people that died in the wave pool, he's like, no one should be the second person to die in a wave pool. After the first one, you close it down, right? Right. Well, especially they had some nicknames for some of this stuff. They called it the grave pool, like the mm-hmm. workers said. Not great, guys. And then also there was about shoulder height when you got up to that level. They called that the death zone. And it's like, oh, God, okay, that's that's not great. How stressful, can you imagine? Because two people died, and mm-hmm. imagine being the lifeguard on duty when that happens. You have to, no matter how young or old you are, you have to take some responsibility for that, even if it wasn't your fault. You was set right. up to fail, essentially. Right. How do you live with that moving forward? Well, I get really upset, too, when I think about, I mean, I have seen drills. Like, you go to a water park, and sometimes they have a drill where they'll throw a dummy in and mm-hmm. just... There's been some pretty slick ones where I was like, oh, I didn't even see it go in. And then, you know, so they're testing the lifeguards. They're kind of reminding them, you mm-hmm. know, kind of some real time stuff. But if I saw that in for real, like in real life, I think that'd be really hard to get back in that fucking water. Like, that's scary. It is. I've been to amusement parks a couple of times when I've seen somebody injured, you know, like on the tramp at the trampoline parks and stuff like that. Like they mm-hmm. had to call the ambulance in. So I, I'm fascinated with, with the fact that there were that many people consistently in the wave pool where their lifeguards are jumping in and pulling people out all the time. And yet nothing changed. You know what I mean? Right. To be an observer of that would have been very interesting because I, I just don't know. I just don't know about that. Right. Right. You're right. The fact that nothing changed is what blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So this is when we, we start talking to the Larsons. Brian Larson mm-hmm. was talking about his brother, George. George Larson mm-hmm. was born in 1960. And Brian was born 11 months later. They were like twins, raised like mm-hmm. twins, very close together. Mm-hmm. And then his mother, Esther, starts talking about how July 8th, 1980, he went, he being George, went to Action Park. Mm-hmm. Went with some friends, not a big deal. Sure. He went on the Alpine slide. The cart went off the tracks. He rolled into some rocks and hit his head. Yeah. 
was serious enough, they took him to the hospital. And Esther yep. gets a call from the hospital. She doesn't think it's that big of a deal. He was young. Mm-hmm. He was healthy. It was probably something minor. Right. But when she got there, he'd already been moved to another hospital. Mm-hmm. She discussed how she could see the bed he was in was just covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And when they got to the other hospital, they were already checking for brainwaves. Right. Multiple times, right? He's right. young. He's healthy. They check multiple times before yep. they make that decision. Mm-hmm. He was in a coma. And there was no sign he was going to wake up, and mm-hmm. he ended up passing eight days later. Right. And, of course, they're devastated. Well, of course. I mean, I cried listening I to know. them talk about it 40 years later. Yeah. Because I can't imagine. I don't even want to imagine. Yes. It's just the worst outcome. And, again, mm-hmm. you know, this is a routine thing. He'd been there many times before. It's not like he's doing something new or different or mm-hmm. whatever. It just happens to be that this day you know, it all added up wrong for this kid. So, and to add insult to injury, they're never contacted by anybody from the park to say, sorry, Mm -hmm. the park does a lot of lying about the circumstances of his death. So they are not held accountable for it. So they will say things like, well, he was an employee. And that's incorrect because while he did work at the ski resort, he had been an employee there. He was not a current employee of action park itself so Mm -hmm. you know the rationale there was well he was an employee he wasn't part of the general public and so we don't have to report it so again it's Mm -hmm. a lot of i don't know of the worst examples of skirting the regs and stuff like that i think what really made me want to punch someone was they said the spokesperson for the park told Mm -hmm. the press that the alpine ride didn't kill george the Mm -hmm. rock 25 feet away killed him and that could Mm -hmm. happen to anyone even just riding a bicycle so the Alpine ride was not to blame. It was still safe. Right. So that's an example of some lawyer in doing some fast talking. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just the grossest example of we couldn't be bothered. This obviously mm-hmm. wasn't on us. And it's like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take a little bit of responsibility at some point in your fucking I mean, life. You yeah. know, a kid died here. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Human life. It's not worthless. Although as they do bring a lawsuit against the park, the lawyer for the family talks about that teenagers really aren't worth a whole lot because they're really just a liability. And uh, yep. they ended up settling for $100,000. And they, I think, you know, the message here was they were lucky to get what they did, although this is not a satisfactory answer for them. It's just very difficult. So yeah, it's just a lot of lies. It's a lot of bait and switch, which is really, really unfortunate for this family and for this kid. Right. Yeah. The fact that that, their own lawyer said he wasn't worth much. A kid, that teenager is not worth much. That blows my fucking mind. I mean, your delivery matters, folks. I don't know. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Think of the circumstances. Read the room. Right. Right. Self-awareness. So George was the first person to die at the mm-hmm. park, but he wasn't the last. Mm-hmm. July 1982, George Lopez, 15, died in the wave pool, as mm-hmm. we discussed. A week later, a 27-year-old man was electrocuted on the kayak ride, which mm-hmm. we discussed. In 1984, a guest drowned in the Roaring Springs area. Mm-hmm. And then in 1987 is when the second person dies in the wave pool. So at least five people have died at the park that they know of. Mm-hmm. There could be some that, you know, weren't reported or whatever. Well, also, we talked about their reporting very selectively on what a serious injury is. So somebody could have been injured Mm -hmm. and died later. Somebody could have Mm -hmm. been really horribly injured and it impacted their quality of life forever. And none of that was really discussed and recorded and that kind of stuff. So it's it's just terrible. And that's why we have all these release forms when we go anywhere. 
now. That's why they're also regulation and oversight of parks like this. Mm-hmm. Unless you go to Jurassic Park and then you're just fucked. So you are fucked. Well, that's that's in the middle of international waters, right? No one's got responsibility <laughs> for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a smart move on their part when you right. think about it. Yeah. But Action Park was a large part of the local economy. So a lot of people didn't want to hear about the bad things going on. Jesse Palladini was a reporter for a mm-hmm. local paper, and she got fired because of Jean. Mm-hmm. Jean essentially went and talked to her boss and got her fired because Jean was threatened by local politicians and officials that if he did not get her fired, they would not fund his projects. So my question about that is, she's just especially outspoken, like she was reporting as reporters do like she was a critical what it voice like. okay they I, were threatened by her and so they took her down god damn a powerful woman mm-hmm. coming after these men and their uh easy money <laughs> yeah so she has some recordings of him saying these things so it's not just her you know she's mm-hmm. got some backup on that right and there's some discussion was Jean in the mob mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting thoughts about him and his connections and how this was such a big deal and they were able to hide so much stuff, but money talks. And I think that's really at the the heart of all of it. Right. You don't have to be a member of the mob to get what you want. If you just have money, people are pretty easily bribed, sadly. Yep. She did file a lawsuit for defamation and wrongful discharge. Mm -hmm. Did they say what came of that? Did she win that? I don't, Gene was deposed, but he didn't answer any questions. So. Right. And she was pretty pissed at him because, you know, they do have a relationship, I think, beyond this as he's older in life. And mm-hmm. she said, I did get to know him. I don't know that he was necessarily always the villain that he was made out to be, but he wasn't an angel either. I like that she calls right. him a victor and a villain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he really clams up when she, you know, has him called to the stand for her case and her defense. So I, I don't know how it turned out. I don't remember if they said anything. I don't think they did. Mm-mm. So by the mid-90s, things start to change, right? Brennan, the partner that was kind of getting a lot of funding for Gene, he was found guilty of what money laundering and fraud and shit like that. All the horrible things that he'd probably Mm -hmm. been doing for 20 years. Right. But that meant Gene no longer had cash coming in. Mm -hmm. The park declared bankruptcy and closed after the end of summer 1996. Right. The end of that season. Yeah. In 1998, it was purchased by... A different company. I didn't get what name it was, but they mm-hmm. named it Mountain Creek. Great. Yeah. They stripped a lot of the crazy rides out and then it was just kind of a generic water park, I mm-hmm. guess. Jean died in 2012. And this is when Jesse had talked about, she had talked to him a lot in the last few years of his life. Mm-hmm. They'd become friendly and she said she learned a better side of him, but you're right. She, she wasn't saying that he was an angel of any kind. She was like, he was, you know, a complicated person like most of us. Sure. And, you know, maybe as he got older, he was more aware of what he had done, what, you know, what his part in things Mm -hmm. had been. They have some interviews with his son. Yep. But not really about his dad's, I mean, the Action Park legacy itself, but not necessarily details of his dad in his late life. So Mm -hmm. one reporter, not Jesse, a different reporter, had said that the spirit of Action Park lives on in things like Fire Festival and Theranos. Like those kinds of schemes to which Chris, our friend Chris, was like, fuck that. Right. That was bullshit. They gave them cheese sandwiches and, you know, didn't supply anything. Whereas Gene gave you everything he promised. Right. He said it was a wild, crazy adventure. You could do whatever you wanted. And guess what? You could. So 
Yeah, it's interesting because they are both a scam, really, per se. You know, the action park and these other things that didn't really ever have mm-hmm. any foothold anywhere. But this was functional. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a better example. But like I said, the just the behind the scenes stuff was just absolute is a dumpster fire. So, mm-hmm. yes, I do like that. In 2018, uh, one of the former workers, his name is Joe, buys the park. Mm-hmm. And that's really about where we end the last of the details here. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see. Uh, one, if it's open, if he was able to keep it open over the pandemic mm-hmm. and everything. Sure. They kind of end this documentary with talking about how everyone kind of romanticizes it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then it was fun. It was crazy. It was a rite of passage. Sure. And you look back and you survived it, right? We're all survivors of this. Right. But it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. people didn't want to work there, but they still came back. And mm-hmm. it's just like everything else. Distance makes it easier to view with rose-colored lenses, right? Right. I liked um, the romanticized aspect of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because I think it was Chris again said, when you're talking to people who are there, they're laughing, they're talking about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But when they're talking to their therapists, it's probably in a different, from a different viewpoint. It's like completely traumatic. Yeah. So. Yeah. He said, we're simultaneously happy we got to grow up the way we did and also furious that we had to grow up the way we did. Well, we don't parent the same way, right? Like we understand. No, we yeah. Don't. yeah. I don't know. Yes, it was latchkey, mm-hmm. but. My mom was still around for a lot. My mom went to every single stupid sports thing that I had, every event at school, Mm -hmm. and she was she was very present. So I didn't have quite the same removal that some people have, right? Yeah. But yeah, one of the things I loved about this footage one is because I could see myself in all of these, Mm -hmm. right? That was me growing up. The biggest permed hair. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, the bangs, (laughs) the bangs. It's funny you say permed hair because I did have permed hair. And now look at my fucking hair. It's curly as fuck. And it's not permed at all. It's horrible. <laughs> anyway. But also I love that they filmed like Headbangers Ball there. They have yes. video of, uh, what was the guy's name that did Headbangers oh, Ball? Oh, shit. Now you've asked me and Ricky I don't remember. Something. I don't remember what his name was. But they were interviewing like Lane Staley and mm-hmm. shit and, you know, members of Allison Chain and other groups. And it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if Jackass was a theme park. That's what this whole thing was. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so this is a great one to watch. Like I said, there are some kind of bummer moments because, of course, people really, you know, was affected by the shenanigans mm-hmm. that were going on here. But overall, it's a fun watch. It is, especially those of us who were kids in the 80s, right? right. That was such a different time, and it will never be replicated. I think people now feel like, watching Stranger Things. So younger kids watch Stranger mm-hmm. Things. I'm like, oh, I totally know what the 80s was like. No, 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 no. Watch Class Action Park. Then you'll know what the 80s are like right. growing up. Right. It's a much better representation. Yeah, it really is. It was good. I enjoy it every time I watch. And like I said, part of it's because mm-hmm. the people that they chose to speak in it are very fun. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, they are. But they're from New Jersey. Of course they are. Yeah. It's either that or cry, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. What are we doing next week? All right, we're going to do Girl in the Picture. This is from Netflix, just recently released. It's an hour and 41 minutes. And boy, again, we have chosen a ringer. I've read very little about it, but I'm hoping that the story outweighs the grimness. <laughs> yeah, we'll it see. looks pretty, pretty uh, harsh. Uh, yeah, 
but I think it, it seems like it's going to be a great story. So I'm interested okay. to watch and kind of see what your review is. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it either. So we'll yeah. have to check it out and be horrified together. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people will recommend it since it's bad. Like they'll be like, oh, that's one for you. I never really know how <laughs> to feel about it. Totally watch that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So beyond that, we'll ask you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us at Go Doc Yourself on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, we always love comments and uh, to hear any recommendations that you may have. Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining us yep. today once again. Yep. And we will talk to you next week. All right. Laters. Bye. <laughs>